Hello and welcome to my podcast, Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. As always, I am truly grateful that you are here and really excited to share with you my next guest, Holly Semenoff. And part of the reason why I am excited to share this episode with you is because she is the one I am co-facilitating my heart retreat with. And her and I work really well together and really create something beautiful. And if you are interested in more about our heart opening retreat, head over to my website, amandajoyloveland.com. And you can get more information there and get registered, especially after you listen to her beautiful story of how, man, her story is quite unique and very, very interesting. So I'm excited to share that with you. Also, if you are someone that is on a journey of leaving religion and you're ready to really put it behind you to heal, to clear those parts of you that are still somehow linked in and ultimately are ready to really come home to yourself, I am opening a new opportunity for three individuals. So I only have three spots available that it's more of a private one-on-one type program. So if this is something you're curious about, connect with me through social media. That's probably the easiest way to get in direct contact. And my social media, amanda.joy.loveland. Just DM me there, either on Facebook or Instagram. And without, with all of that said, and without further ado, let's dive into the conversation with Holly Semenoff. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited because I'm sitting across from one of my absolute favorite people in the entire world, Holly Semenoff. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were originally going to do this because we were going to have you and Mike on, but Mike couldn't. He had some, you know, something else that was more important. Oh, <laughs> that bugger. His little sticker. <laughs> Mike, if you're listening, you're in trouble. And this is also perfect because then I get to have just one-on-one time with you and sharing your story. And I'm, I'm excited because your story is really unique and we're going to go into more of a a spiritual, um, I don't know what to call it, but different than other stories that I've had before. So I'm really, mm. really excited to to have you share your story with all of us. Mm, thank you. I woke up today actually just total peace and really happy to share it. We all have stories, right? Mm. And we learn through each other's stories, experiences, yeah. as well as our own. So feels really good to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I know, I know, well, and we just did another podcast on, with Jessica and I. So we talked about this a little bit over there, but since that's a different channel, I'm going to repeat this again. But oddly, Holly and I actually, like our families knew each other growing up, but Holly and I never knew each other growing up. That's what's so funny to me. Right? Yes. Yeah. Like I met your mom, I don't know, a year ago. Yep. I'm like, how do I know you? And then it's like, oh, you're Lynette Loveland's daughter and we're da 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 da. And it's like, what? How did I never connect these two things? It was just, you and I were just meant to be really, really good friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got some time in between and then eventually a came together. Time <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm going to let you dive in and dive in where you want to start. I know you were born and raised Mormon. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So born and raised Mormon and, you know, did, did the whole Mormon thing because mm-hmm. that's what I knew. Yeah. And um, growing up, I did have a lot of spiritual experiences. And what do you mean by spirit? What kind of spiritual experiences? So one experience was actually my, my dad was chasing me to throw me into a pool. (laughs) We had a pool in our backyard. (laughs) And we had these huge railroad ties wall. And so I ran up on the railroad tie wall. And when I ran up there, again, there's the pool there. And then there's a bunch of rocks. And I was pretty high up. um, Like, what would I say? Maybe eight, 10 feet. And I had tripped. And when I tripped, then I started falling straight to the rocks that oh, were in geez. between the pool. And as I'm looking and falling, I'm watching these rocks. Like, literally, I see them. My head's just about to crash into them. And then something grabbed my waist, flipped me over, and then I literally just floated down. And I landed right oh, on my, my feet, super soft, just like, how old were you? I was probably eight years old. Wow. Yeah, eight years old. So that's just one experience. <laughs> so your your eight-year-old brain, how did you, what did you think? 
How did you I just that? knew that something had Aww. grabbed my waist and I floated down and I was like, oh, it's an angel. It's like, oh, we got you. You're not done yet. <laughs> There's something to be rem- like the innocence of the child mind. And like, yeah, of course, that was an angel. You know, yes. it's like I think it's a good reminder. Yes. Right. So I've had some experiences like those. And one in particular was it's super interesting to me because again, growing up in like the Mormon church, how how I took the teachings of Jesus was that the second coming means then you're going, you know, to have the judgment. Mm-hmm. And looking back at this point, I'm like, I was an amazing child, super caring and yeah. loving and all the things. But in that point in my life, I kind of always thought I had to be looking for something that I did wrong mm. uh, because there had to have been something I've done wrong. And I got to make sure that I'm super clean in case this judgment comes. And one night I was actually sleeping on our back porch. So I was always a child who was outside like all the time. I slept outside all the time. And my parents actually put a bed on our back porch. So I would sleep on the bed in our back porch. (laughs) And one night I was sleeping there and I remember opening up my eyes and I saw this really bright star above the mountains. And I'm looking at the star and then it just started getting brighter and brighter and brighter and coming towards me. And I'm staring at this light just getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And then as that light got closer to me within the light was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And was, how, were, how old were you here? At this I was point? about 11 years old. How cool. Yeah, I was about 11 years old when this happened. Mm-hmm. But here's what's fascinating is I saw and I saw Jesus I was so scared. I jumped up, I ran inside, and I hid underneath my bed. Because you thought it was the judgment. I thought it was the judgment. I thought it was the second coming. And I was so scared. And then I'm hiding under my bed and like, right, Uh hours pass by. And then it's just the next day. Like nothing's happening. I can't hear anything. So I come out and it's a normal day. And I'm like, that's interesting. Okay, and I remember just being so scared. Yeah. And like I saw Jesus and I just got so scared. And then I kept having dreams for many years. I would have dreams and within the dreams, it's like anyone's normal dreams. But then out of the corner of my eye, I would see Jesus and he'd be way off and I'd be like, <gasps> and I'd kind of like go away, like yeah. avoid Jesus in my dreams. And as I started to continue to grow throughout many years. So besides the dreams, I've always had a really loud voice that has guided me Mm -hmm. internally. And this loud voice has always given me guidance and I knew I could listen or not. Mm. (laughs) So for example, I went horseback riding and as I'm getting out of the car, I heard the loud voice say, stop, don't ride today. And I'm like, Psh, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to go ride. <laughs> so I went to go ride and I ended up getting bucked off the horse, getting a concussion, and then had a concussion for a couple of days. And a lot of these things had happened to me growing up too. And so I recognize that when this voice speaks, it actually serves to listen because right. every time the voice spoke and I said no, because <laughs> I knew I could say no, <laughs> then something huge would happen. Aww. So... Again, growing up, I had this loud voice and I kind of had this stuff going on with my dreams, even with Jesus. Do you mind sharing what Jesus looked like to you? Yeah. So it was the picture that I had been seen and shown in LDS, which is, I mean, the most popular one is kind of the cloud one, right? Where right. his robes and his brown hair and lighter skin. That's what I was seeing. Yeah. And here's what's fascinating is... I went through kind of a spiritual awakening. And what I mean by that is in 2007, I had gone into, it's kind of a training, almost like a Tony Robbins thing, or just like a self-awareness training, not necessarily a spiritual training, but Mm -hmm. it's like a self-awareness training. My husband had gone through it in December of 2006. And then he's like, hey, you might really like this. Why don't you sign up? I was like, okay. So then I went in February 14th, Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. (laughs) of 2007. And there's about 100 people in this like training that were going into it. 
And so everyone, you know, they open the doors. It's like, okay, we're starting. So everyone starts going in. And I happen to be the last one to walk into the room. But as I'm walking to go into the room, then as I'm walking through these double doors, again, I hear this loud voice come in, the one who's always guided me and I knew something huge is going to (laughs) happen, say, your life is about to change forever. (laughs) And it was like slow motion. I remember turning around and like looking at these double doors and then they just slowly close. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) And I'm like, (gasps) and again, because of my experience with this voice, I'm like, what's going to happen? What's going on? So I'm super high alert. No kidding. And there was one seat open and it was in the very front of the room. (laughs) So then I walk up, I sit in the very front of the room and I am just waiting like, okay, is the ceiling going to fall? Just be super hyper aware, pay attention. Now within this training, they have different processes that they'll go through. Again, just to bring the unconscious conscious. So it's just how you become aware of how do you show up in the world. And it's through just different processes that people go through. Mm-hmm. So one of these processes, there were lots of different processes throughout the days, and this was a four-day program. So I'd been in for about two days and was having like a whole lot of awareness going on with just people in general and how we show up as humans, how I show up. And one of these processes, what they ended up doing was they put a chair in front of people and then they asked people to go to their most painful experience they've ever had in their life. And the reason why they asked them to go there was so that they could release it to let it go. Mm -hmm. And the chair was in front of people literally so they could, if they need to, like scream and hit it. So it was padded. It's like sometimes when you go into those places, right, you can get really angry. Yeah. Um, All the and the up, emotions sure. just come up super strong and yeah. people almost relive it, right? So they started this process and I was in front of my chair sitting there. And as soon as they began this process, all of a sudden I shot out of my body. I went behind everyone's eyes in the room. And again, there was like a hundred people. And I saw and felt their most painful experience as if it was happening to me. Literally, like I lived it. I breathed it like it was me (laughs) on every single level. I felt it. And in that instant, again, I just lived like all their most painful experiences and I was in it. And then all of a sudden I came out of my body and I came back to myself. Now, when I came back to myself, what was interesting is it was me, but it was an all-knowing part of me. Some people call this your higher self, your true self. And I came back into myself. And as I did that, I knew exactly what I got to do. So I actually stood up and I ended up taking over the entire training. Mm -hmm. So the person who was facilitating the training went and sat down in the back of the room. And then I took over the training. And I'd known what people's most painful experience was because I literally just lived and breathed it. Mm -hmm. So as I know what they are going through, then I'm yelling out things to them and I'm literally telling them what to let go of, what to surrender, Mm -hmm. what to release. And then all of a sudden I would come back to myself. I call it as like the little S or (laughs) me as Holly. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm like freaking out because I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden I'd shoot behind everyone's eyes again. And then I would be back into knowing exactly what I'm doing and running the room. And in this process, I led the entire thing. And as soon as it was complete, so it felt like, okay, we're complete. I was at my chair and then I just collapsed on the ground and I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. Like I just lived a hundred lives and I didn't know which one was mine. I didn't know, you know, if I had kids, I didn't know if I was married, like no idea. And I sat there for a long time, just completely blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all I can describe it is a little light turned on in my in my brain. <laughs> and it said, Mike is yours, who is my husband. Here's the number. So I remember his number. So I got someone's phone. By that point, I could move <laughs> and I could speak. I got someone's phone and I called him. And I'm like, are we married? Do we have kids? And he's like, yes. And again, he'd been through the training, but 
not necessarily the extreme that that I had just experienced. But then he's like, yes, are you okay? I'm like, okay, well, I'm not coming home tonight. So I hung up the phone. (laughs) And (laughs) then I ended up going home with someone in our training. uh, And so I went home with her and I laid on her couch. And that was almost my dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. So as I'm laying on her couch and she'd gone to bed, all of a sudden, my crown just opened, like the crown of my head. And literally... It felt like the pain of the world just started coursing through my body from the crown of my head all the way through my body and out through my feet. Mm -hmm. And I was just screaming, like screaming bloody murder because it was literally just coursing through me. And that was my night all night long. Super intense. It was extremely intense. And I'd finally like in the morning, maybe fallen asleep for an hour and we had training the next day. And so we go in the next day and what I'd realized is after that night, everything felt different. Everything Mm -hmm. was different because all of a sudden I'd always been sensitive as a child, like sensitive to how people are feeling and all the things, but not to this extreme. All of a sudden I could feel everything, like what everyone was feeling to an extent like I was them. Mm -hmm. And then energy was very tangible to me. So what I mean by that is I could see and feel people's energy. And I literally could feel it in my hands with my own energy. So when we went back into the training, I'm again, just like, literally like, wow, did I crack? Like, what is this? What is going on? Where is my reality? It was changed everything. And I sat in the back of the room and I'm sitting there. And the person I'd gone with Um, that night to their house they were in the front of the room so their back was facing me and I was in the back of the room and I'm just sitting there like putting my hands together and pulling them apart like watching the energy between my hands Mm. like oh my god like feeling it watching it and literally people next to me are like this girl is crazy (laughs) I'm like do you see this they're like oh like what I'm like oh my god and I'm just on the verge of like am I nuts? Like, have I just cracked? What is this? And then I looked up and I saw the person who had gone home with. And all of a sudden I could see like this darkness around her. It almost looked like bags that she was carrying on her back. I could see just this heaviness surround her. And as soon as I looked up and I saw that, then she started to cry. And again, her back is to me. Mm-hmm. And as she just started to cry, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm looking at this energy in my hands. It was like white, tingly, sparkly. It was just, it was very angelic, mm-hmm. like loving. And I'm like, oh, I wonder. So I held up my hand and I focused on her. It's like I brought my eyes to her and just focused like all of my heart and soul on her. And then I noticed that this light, this energy started to leave my hand and go towards her Mm. and it surrounded her. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can move it. I'm sitting here like, whoa, you can move it. And the coolest thing was then all of a sudden I saw this darkness just drop off of her and then she started laughing (laughs) and I started laughing because I'm like, look, she has no idea what I'm doing. Like here she is literally reacting to what I just did Mm -hmm. that she has no idea what I just did. And she accepted it. So it wasn't like I came in and like took it all away or anything. It was something within her that was like, all right, I'm letting this go. Mm -hmm. I'm receiving the love that's here for me, the support. And so in that moment, I was like, all right, Whatever this is, something outside of me reacted to it. So there's something here that's powerful. It's It's not not just just me me. going nuts. (laughs) (laughs) So that was what I really call my conscious awakening Mm -hmm. (laughs) or the thing that really got me going down a path of spirituality Mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily tied to religion And what I mean by that is in that moment, I really did recognize and because of the way I was seeing and feeling all reality that, you know what, 
everyone is doing the best they can with where they're at. And the only thing that really limits us from our divine essence is ourselves mm-hmm. and our lack of feeling worthy to receive it. Mm-hmm. Our lack of feeling like we can actually trust ourselves with our own spirit. Well, or even being capable. And of being all that, capable, right? Capable, yeah. right? Of it all. So in that moment is when literally I really made a shift from what I would call religion as in a structure of this is what spirit is and and someone kind of telling me what spirit and God is to like, wow, I actually am connecting with that directly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for me, it was more of a feeling than anything because it was absolute peace and love. Mm. And it was kind of a baptism by fire. Some people say it, right? Because, and some people almost, especially when people are transitioning to like, you know, religion or spirituality, they'd be like, man, why couldn't I have that experience? (laughs) And it would be so easy to leave. It was actually quite intense because again I was always coming back to like okay I'm not crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's actually people that are responding to the energy I'm sending and I'm seeing and I was very reluctant to what had all been opened up to me what I mean by that is again after this whole training was done and complete I still had all these things open And I did not want to be considered like some, there's many titles, right? Right. Witch, guru, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, psychic, prophet, like, I don't know. Like, there's so many labels to these things. And what what I was actually really blessed with was um, a partner, my husband, who was super supportive. Mm -hmm. So after I'd gone through that experience and came back, like, what I was doing and saying to him and everything going on, he's like, this is incredible. Like, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a lot. Like, it's almost easier in a way, mentally, depending on where you're at, right? To just almost give your life to someone else mm-hmm. or an organization to be like, all right, you just tell me what to do and I'll check the blocks. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, this was like, like, do I really want this? Yeah. Like, and then the questions came in too, like, am I worthy? Like, how can I hold this? Because I could see things that not everyone could see. And what I started to recognize was that people would oftentimes want to give me their power in a way, mm. because I would be able to tap into things that were like, not necessarily seen or known, right? Like mm-hmm. someone's childhood passed on. And then it's like, oh my gosh, you must know everything in the universe. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I just receive little inklings or that. Who gets to have the most power over every single person for their own spiritual enlightenment or grew- or growth is that person. Mm-hmm. So it's again, like I might be able to support people because I can happen to like see and perceive the subtle or spiritual realm. But in the end, it's that person's own connection with the divine, with source, with Mm -hmm. God, that is the most important. So that's something I actually really struggled with. And I almost wanted to hide (laughs) because I recognize that people would so easily almost just give their power to something to not be responsible. Because when you take your own spirit and soul and you're like, this is mine, to cultivate, to grow, Mm -hmm. to like connect with. Like sometimes you can feel a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, it'd be easier. You know, ignorance is bliss. Sometimes people say, right. (laughs) It'd be easier just to have not known that. But really on the other end though, when you really step into your power and you recognize like, oh, I am a divine creation and I have that connection and that power of connecting to the subtle, the spirit, intuition, the sixth sense then you really open up new possibilities in this human Mm -hmm. life. So it's not just about 
you know, connecting to the divine so you can make it through this life. (laughs) It's about connecting to the divine so that you can really connect to your spirit while you're in body. Mm -hmm. And that can be a support for you to recognize that, yeah, we can create heaven on earth. You know, you hear this saying all the time, but I know this. Like with every fiber of my being, I know this. It's not just some flu-flu saying (laughs) because truly home is where the heart is and it's where our spirit is. And it's just creating the space to bring our spirit and body, but to talk to ourselves, our higher selves, and to know we actually do have the answers within Mm -hmm. and we are so much more powerful than we recognize. And in saying all of this, it really does come down to, I feel the connection and the relationship you have with yourself and your own spirit to be able to shine a light that we can create heaven on earth. We Mm -hmm. really can. But the only thing that's really stopping us is our lack of trust in ourself. Mm -hmm. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So were you Mormon when you went to that training? Mm -hmm. So I was, I walked in there Mormon. And I walked out literally like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. It was, I had a very easy transition in the beginning because again, I just had experienced all of a sudden something completely that blew that out of the water. Oh yeah. That blew what I had been told or any of those experiences that had been connected to the LDS church out of the water. And I just knew I'm like, Oh, I got it. Like I got this connection now and I don't need that. And it was nothing like, you know, really like painful or fighting yet that knowing, and I just left the church in that I honestly did have a little bit of struggle that came up a few months after being like, wait, you lied to me. (laughs) Oh, with the church? With the church, right? Mm -hmm. And that was more... What part did you feel like they lied to you about? It was about almost an owning of spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what I mean by that is, again, this voice that had been guiding me throughout my life. Mm -hmm. So in the Mormon church, they call this, you know, the still small voice or the Holy Ghost. And so obviously, I always labeled it that. And then since my spiritual awakening, again, with the voice literally telling me your life's about to change forever, what I recognize with is that it stayed with me. Mm-hmm. Actually, the church itself didn't own that. And they didn't own these spiritual gifts such as even healing or laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. That is actually inherent to every single individual here on this planet because it's inherent to the spirit. Yeah. It's inherent to the soul. And that was a bit about my little like, wait, you lied. You don't own this. Mm -hmm. How can you say you own this? Mm -hmm. And that was my own ego I got to go through and recognize because everyone has amazing spiritual gifts. And what I know is that it is usually our own worthiness we feel for ourselves that blocks us from our spiritual gifts. Yeah. And for me, it was just some something or an organization outside of myself that's saying that they had ownership on these spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And really, if you look at you know other religions as well, it's kind of like, well, you have that because you're with us. Mm-hmm. And here's what's always been fascinating to me is that when someone has a very spiritual experience, we as humans we'll sometimes want to recreate that same experience. So we'll set up the outside environment exactly the same. So let's say I'm in like a Mormon temple and I have a really powerful spiritual experience. Then when I leave that experience, you know, days, weeks go by, I'm like, I want to recreate that. I want to feel that again. Okay, this is what I was doing. Here's what I was sitting. Here's what I was Mm -hmm. wearing. Let's go recreate this. And I go and do it. And then it's like, might fall flat. I'm like, dang it. I lost my worthiness. There's something I did that, you know, all of a sudden I didn't receive that. But here's what's fascinating is you'll take people all over the world, 
Buddhists, Catholics, Jewish, they're in their Jewish temple. Someone else is in their Buddhist temple. You know, someone else is in their Catholic church. And they'll have just as powerful spiritual experiences. Mm -hmm. So they may do the same thing and want to recreate that. But here's what I've come to know and recognize is when someone is truly seeking from their heart in a pure way of, I want to connect to essence, to God, to source, to the universe, to spirit, to heaven, Mm -hmm. they will. And the God universe, your spirit does not judge where you're at, what you're doing, what position your hand and what you're wearing. It will show up, but it is that earnest in heart. It is that purity of heart of truly asking. So in saying that, it's it always is interesting to me when people try to recreate a spiritual experience <laughs> because it really, what I personally feel is about the pureness of heart. Yeah, to you're like, kind of missing the point a little. The point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Remember when my, this is reminding me when my dad was dying and he had, he had come home, my dad died of cancer and he had come home and he was going to die. Like we all knew that's what mm-hmm. was happening. And I remember all of us, you know, talking, well, we, let's get dad to the celestial, you know, the celestial room in the temple because that way he can connect to heaven. You know, he's, he's dying and saying to him, you know, dad, I think we can get you into the, into the mm-hmm. celestial room. And he's like, why would I want to go to the temple? My heaven is here in my home. And it was, my dad had little things like that. He would say throughout my life that I always really appreciated, but you know, that was, that was such a, I mean, I was fairly young, 23-ish. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was a little older, 25. I don't remember. Anyway, but one of those moments, it's like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Right? Yeah. Yeah, when my dad was going through cancer, I've had a couple, I had a couple of experiences with him. But one as well, so later on in my journey, it was interesting when I kind of had, again, that, wake-up call or Mm -hmm. that conscious awakening because a part of me was also super excited that I'm like, spirit's real. Like, Mm -hmm. this is all real. Like, your soul is amazing. Like, and seeing the light that I kind of came out almost yelling it on top of the rooftops. (laughs) It'd be hard not to. Because I was super excited, but I noticed it scared a lot of people because... Well, we're warned. (laughs) In Mormon religion, you're warned, beware of prophets and yeah, that will come up and that's a sign of the last days, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. People who are proclaiming that they're, and that could look like a lot of different things. Oh yeah. Which for me, I was just like speaking what I saw, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I would just start talking to people and it would be right on, but then that would really scare them because it wasn't something they understood. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this person's like talking to the spirits and it's right on, you know. And sometimes people can believe that, again, if you're not necessarily given an authority or however it is that if you're receiving insight that's even true, it's from a negative source. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, it's love. Like it's light. Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? But then recognizing that not everyone did. Yeah. And so... I got to learn wisdom (laughs) that I don't get to always share what Mm. I see and what I received. And that was a big lesson for me because again, I just, I wanted to share and I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, like, do you know, oh, here's all your gifts. And I just start like saying things and they're like, this is scary. How do you know that? And I'm like, oh, I'm really scaring them. (laughs) So I really had to back off in a way where I'm like, oh, I get to always tune in too and be like, what serves the highest good? Does it serve to say this? Mm -hmm. And so when I kind of pulled back a little bit, then I recognized, you know what? I just get to be me. I just get to show up in every point and just be me and accept me and use wisdom and say what I get to say. But I don't ever like I call throwing up on anyone or just like blah, right? Just give people information. Now, when I first kind of come out pretty strongly in that, I think I scared my family a bit and they're like, oh, but then I'm like, oh, okay, I just get to like, just be me. Don't worry about it. I don't have to save or change anyone. They're exactly where they get to be. So then I was just me. But then as doing that, um, my dad actually came around to me and asked me to do some energy work on him. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, sure, I'll do energy work on you. So I would do energy work on him. And one time in particular, when I was doing some energy work on him, 
is I saw right outside of his electromagnetic field, so some people call this the aura, that there were all these beams of light. And I'm like looking at those and I'm like, what are those? And then again, the the voice that always guides me says, those are prayers. And I'm like, really? Says, yes, those are prayers given from the heart. Mm. And then I saw the prayers looked so different. Now the prayers he was saying or prayers he was was receiving receiving, from people. That's what I was curious. Because my dad was also, he was a network marketer. So he had people in over 74 different countries. Mm -hmm. And then I saw these people praying in their own way. Some is meditation. Some is, again, like a Catholic prayer. Mm -hmm. Some is a Mormon prayer. Some is like a Jewish prayer. They were all different cultures, but the number one thing that stuck out was it was from the heart. And that was the light, the beam coming forward. So it wasn't said from the head. Mm -hmm. From the head is like, it's like a flat tire. But from the heart is like the light of a sun Mm -hmm. coming in. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it was so cool to like see and witness that again where it was just the sincerity of heart, mm-hmm. no matter what they might label themselves. And this almost brings me to a point where I've known incredible souls and people who are Mormon. Mm-hmm. I've known other ones I'd rather not interact with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing with Jewish, amazing Jewish people. Other ones, I'm like, yeah, farewell, well, <laughs> right? Buddhist, Christian, like, again, I can go on and on. And I was like, oh, it doesn't matter about the label. It's truly how someone shows up for themselves and another yeah. individual. Yeah. So that was really powerful for me to see also. Yeah, <sighs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a few different questions I was wanting to ask. And for me, I'm trying to fill into the best way in which this podcast can serve everyone. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I think about, because we started about Jesus, yeah. you know, which... um it's interesting to me as you're sharing your experience and the pain that you experienced. I often think about the garden, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a podcast episode that one of these days I'll release about how we live in the shadow of the cross mm-hmm. and how Jesus has gotten misconstrued and the way that he's spoken about and taught about has been misconstrued. And, you know, this, this, he said, this can you, you can do and then some and then more. So I think. As you're sharing your experience, it's like, is this not something that he went through in the Garden of Gethsemane? Mm-hmm. You know, the bleeding of every pore wasn't for everybody's sins. He was feeling, like you did, the pain of the world. Yeah. Why? To probably similar to what you went through, of mm-hmm. allowing for the, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but for really his Christ itself to really be more and more embodied. Yeah. So after, again, I'd had that experience. For about three years, I was literally, again, just feeling and hearing and moving into, okay, what was this really all about? Because sometimes those images would come back and I'm like, well, it's not mine. Oh, that's not mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and other people's stuff. Again, as I tuned into them, I'm like, oh, this isn't mine. And I finally, three years after that experience, when I was sitting outside, And I was just breathing in the air, just being. It came to me. It's like, Holly, it doesn't matter if it happened to you or not. What happens to one happens to all. Mm -hmm. And we all experience it. Mm -hmm. And then my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, again, what happens to one happens to all. And what a lot of that experience and all my experience has given me, quite frankly, is compassion. Mm -hmm. Number one is like, wow, compassion. So I didn't necessarily like take on people's stuff, Mm -hmm. so to say, but I can see it and I can feel it as if it's mine. And so then it feels as if from that place, I can support them in a way that can get them to rise above it, to learn from it and to rise above it. Mm -hmm. Because every pain we have has a gift. Mm-hmm. We often hear this. Now, when you're in the pain, in the moment, mm-hmm. you're like, don't That's tell great. me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But on the other end, I was like, you know what? I'm super grateful I had that because there is a gift in that pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sure. that was my experience was recognizing, you know what? What we do to one, we do to all. Yeah. 
including ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and most people who leave, I mean, it's a very fearful thing, right? It's scary. It's scary to step out of that religion. It's scary to step out of the family constructs and um, of, you know, usually it's embedded in, in the family system. And you not only stepped out of it, but now you're embodying these gifts that are pretty new to you. Before that, you had been studying yoga, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yoga teacher. Yep. I was a very Western yoga teacher. So very much like just poses, like handstand, yeah. figure eight. So I was into yoga, um, but again, just very much about the posture. So not necessarily into what yoga is, which is union between yeah. the body, mind, heart, and spirit. That's mm-hmm. what yoga is. It means union between all those aspects. So I had had um, some just yoga before I'd gone into it. And again, at that point of my so-called awakening, like conscious awakening, what I noticed was when I was really tuning in to say the energy of everything, body, mind, heart, and spirit was that my breath would automatically change and it would move really slow and deep. And in doing that, I would move into a more meditative state or relaxed state Mm -hmm. where I was still conscious, but also completely relaxed. And then it's like the spiritual world or what I call just energy then pops and comes out. So in that, that really put me down the realm of there's something to this breath. And obviously I knew there were some things in yoga to breath, but I hadn't dived into it like that deep. But then I just started really diving into the yoga much more deeply And recognizing for me, like yoga was, it was wholeness and health Mm. because it included the physical just as much as the mental, the emotional and the spiritual. It wasn't just about, let me drag myself through this life until eventually I can get to heaven and have my mansion and eventually be happy and all Mm -hmm. these things. I was like, this is about whole health here now. Like, why don't we create it here now? What is stopping us? Because we think it's in our future. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be earned. We can give it to ourselves here right now, but we have to take a more well-rounded approach again, including the physical mm-hmm. and the mental and the emotional and the spiritual. So I've also had an experience in the past. I was actually looking up at the clouds, the big billowy clouds they're like the heavenly clouds, right? Whenever right. people the talk Jesus of heaven, clouds. it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> I remember looking at these clouds. And as I'm looking at them, I just started to think and feel, oh my gosh, how people view God is how they view love. Hmm, interesting. So what does that mean? Does it have to be earned? Mm-hmm. Is it freely given? <laughs> Do you have to prove it? Is it unconditional? Right? Yeah. And I started to even recognize that. And even when I was watching people and just tuning into them, I was like, wow, how they are perceiving God is how they perceive love. Mm-hmm. And this has been my experience. And it's pretty powerful when you really ask yourself, how do you perceive love? And yeah. how is that mirrored in how you perceive God? I think that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um My brain's going because of our retreat. I have a thought on that. So we're just going to put a pin on that. Anyway, um, one of the other things that I would love, I would love for you to touch on and kind of where I was going a little bit before too was you had all these transitions and you're doing, you're embodying the parts that most people are afraid to embody. Mm-hmm. And not everybody who leaves has this spiritual desire to really gain more, but most people I feel like that do have some sort of an awareness that there is more to this life than what's being taught here. Yes. And in, I know in my own personal journey, I've had to do a lot of freaking work, even energy around my own name of can I be seen as Amanda Joy Loveland and doing these things. And you, you went, you live, you still live in Utah County in Orm, Utah. Yes, I love it. <laughs> you go you go through this shift mm-hmm. and now you have all these abilities and now you start allowing yourself to be seen somewhat in the community as a healer. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, I don't know if you are open to talking about this, but you started channeling. Yes. Yep. <laughs> how 
and I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, explain what channeling is. And that's actually how you and I first connected back in 2012 mm-hmm. was, was I anyway through that. But, you know, I'd love for you to share how, what channeling is, but then also what did you do as you're moving through this to continue to be, to show up because you always show up. And sometimes the way that you're asked to show up is very uncomfortable yes. because of how you've had to be a channel even for other people's emotions because they won't like re- release it out of their body. Mm-hmm. And it is a very vulnerable place and you always lean into it. I mean, maybe I'm using my experience of you and what I know as always. And I'm sure there's times where you're like, I'm not going to be doing that one. Thank you very much. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if you wouldn't mind speaking to yeah. those two things, I think it'd be really interesting for awesome. to share. Yeah. So what exactly is a channel? So if you think of a channel, obviously for something to be a channel, it has to have space so that something can flow through it. So being a channel is allowing you to be a conduit for energy to flow through. So in spiritual sense, to be a channel means that you open up to allow energy to flow through you. So there's two ways that I can speak about this. Um, One way is, as Amanda spoke about, when sometimes when I get into specific groups or different people that are looking on healing or healing themselves, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of trauma that people have been through. And if you think of your physical body, you can think of your physical body as being, you know, a conduit of energy. Mm -hmm. Here's your body. There's emotions that run through you. So your body is a conduit of energy. And memory is stored in the cells. Yes. In the tissues. In the the tissues. Mm -hmm. So if you think of any painful experience, most of the time, if you have not healed or neutralized it, you will relive it. You will feel it again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that pain can feel like too much. So if someone is unhealed or hasn't neutralized it yet, it's usually because it was too much. So they buried it in their cells physically Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it was too much to handle. (laughs) It felt like it would literally kill you. (laughs) So at times when I'm working with people or when I come across people who have had a lot of pain that they don't feel they can bring up and handle themselves, they don't necessarily know that this is what I do. But since you brought it up, I'll, I'll speak to what that is, is what I'll end up doing is connecting with them in a way that we both become the channel. So when I connect with someone again and I feel what you're feeling, what actually ends up happening is you have the same amount of energy and motion, of emotion or of pain, but I just create more space so that when that energy moves through you, when you release it, when you let it go, when you neutralize it, it doesn't seem so hard Mm -hmm. because it's not like you're trying to force an impossible sense of emotion through a very small hole Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's more space for it to move. So it's the same amount of pain, but there's just more space to move. It's almost like when you feel like you have support to do something, you feel like you can do more rather than doing it alone. So on an energetic spiritual level, what I end up doing is just creating more space so that it can move more freely. Now I will feel what people are feeling. So not necessarily take it on, so to say, but I will connect with them in a way that can move it out Mm -hmm. more easily because again, you don't feel alone. So that's one aspect of what a channel is or being a channel. Now, another aspect of that is um, there are, I spoke about this briefly in the beginning about my story about when I was like in my higher self or my spirit who knew exactly what I was doing. And then here I was back into Holly, like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) So an aspect of being a channel also is for me connecting to what I call source. (laughs) So in connecting with source, what I end up doing is Letting go of myself as in me, Holly, the personality, to be open to connecting with source, which is the universe, Mm -hmm. which is universal love, and allowing that information to come through and to be channeled. So just like I'm talking to you, 
when I open up that channel, then you would have a conversation with source. Mm -hmm. Now, I do not leave and check out and go like sit on a park bench. Mm -hmm. What I end up doing is I just expand my energy. So think of every cell in your body and you expand it in such a way that you then bring in what it is you're channeling. So you don't necessarily give yourself up, you expand into it. And this is how I do it. So you almost move from the microcosmic, mm-hmm. such as me, Holly, the personality, into the macrocosmic, still Holly, but more in the higher self, the oneness. Again, we're all connected. Right. What happens to one happens to all. So there's aspects here. We have our individual expression here on earth. We have our spirit and we're all part of the one. We're all in that oneness. So when I channel, I go more into that oneness and then I speak from there. And again, I just let the energy flow through and it's for whatever serves the highest good. Mm -hmm. And in the channeling is really funny too, because again, I was in a bit of resistance to all of this stuff. Well, naturally. And then all of a sudden it's like, and I'm a channeler. Great. Just make me more weird. Right. <laughs> Let's add that label onto all the other things. And that's why I kind of wanted to touch on it. Yes. Because that would be, that would be challenge. would have its yes. challenges. And it was, and I would always go back to, and I will say this, energy doesn't lie. If you really let yourself feel into the energy, It was always pure love, and I knew exactly my intention was always to come from the highest good. And I had to dissolve my personality in a way when I channel. And that's scary Mm -hmm. for most people. It's like, what? You're just going to like dissolve yourself to become almost no one so you can become the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So how did you move? And your channelings are beautiful. And that was one of the, I first saw you and you were channeling a group called the Avarians. And that's another story for another day, but Mm -hmm. you don't channel them anymore. Um, But it was when you leave religion or when you're considering leaving, that's when I first saw you because it was like this, I feel like I should leave. I feel like I should get divorced. I feel like, I mean, all my world was uprooted. And I needed something else outside of me to to confirm that it was okay. I was okay. And I actually had one of the most, I mean, one of the most beautiful experiences from that channel and then an experience later of showing me that, yes, I'm on the right path. And in a lot of ways, it was a godsend to me. You know, I know Mm we, we, most of us, when we leave religion, we do look to someone else and it's natural. And, and that's where, you know, we are here to help each other. It is normal. It is natural. And um, I think the only thing I would caution anybody is, is to try not to give your power away to what Holly was saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. Go do sessions. Yes. Go chat, talk with people. Yes. Go look to others. If that's what you feel like you need, but do it from a place of, this is what I'm thinking and I'm needing help with moving through this, but not so relying on this person to now become your own voice, your own abilities, like recognizing, finding those people that actually help you to build, rebuild that within. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Am I saying that? Oh, accurately? yeah, completely. And notice those two whom you are, say, wanting to align with just to I want to tap into my spirit, my soul. I'm just looking for something like, right. is there a God? Is there a universe? Is to really recognize those people too who ask you questions and be like, well, what do you feel? Mm-hmm. How do you feel that? Um, because what I have found is those that are truly deeply connected to what someone calls God or the universe mm-hmm. on a true level, they also recognize that that's in you yeah and they are empowering Mm -hmm. it's not about raising someone higher than another or putting someone on a pedestal if it ever comes to anything where you know you're feeling like less than or not good enough or anything Mm -hmm. are you doing that to yourself or if someone else is saying that to you it's time to just recalibrate to back up Mm -hmm. because From my experience, and I wish I could show you, but I can just speak to you. From my experience, those that are truly connected to God, source, the universe, the divine, they just radiate a love Mm -hmm. that you are just as connected again. Mm -hmm. This you can do and more. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God lies within you. 
Home is where the heart is. Mm -hmm. All these sayings, it's there. And just recognize it really is about owning your power. Not only your power in your life of like, you know, speaking up, speaking your truth, but on the power of your soul. Mm -hmm. Again, your spiritually inherited gifts. Everyone has them. There is not one person exactly like you. Mm -hmm. And we need every single person showing up in their authentic self that some people call their spirit self. I see the spirit self as the authentic self, truly showing up fully, wholeheartedly to be seen. Then we can give that gift to the world and unite each other Mm -hmm. and come together Mm -hmm. because humanity is the spirituality. And what I mean by that is being human has many hues, many different individual expressions, and finding our own power and our own connection with our spirit, our soul, that I feel is what's truly going to light up the world. 100%. Yeah. And finding your own connection. And obviously, you know, we have people that help us along the way, but a true person who is here to support you and finding your power, finding your connection to divine source will walk beside you, Mm -hmm. not in front nor behind you. They'll walk beside you and you'll feel supported, but they'll also empower you towards yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) What advice would you give for someone who is going through whatever their transition is and faith transition that may be having some similar things or maybe afraid of being seen more for who they feel like they are and not Mm -hmm. what they've been. Mm -hmm. What advice would you offer? The advice that I would offer is to recognize if you're really dropping something that no longer works for you or a mask or a persona that you've had that you're saying this no longer works, I'm stepping away from this. It can be scary because you can lose people and things, but here's something to always remember. What you lose is no longer in resonance with who you are. So are you truly losing something or is it taking itself away because you are becoming who you want to be? Mm -hmm. And as you become who you want to be or step into something new, you will send that vibration out, that energy out, and you'll find those that will then accept you authentically and you won't have to play a game anymore. Yeah, You won't have to you know, keep up with that because sometimes we're like, oh, but I'll lose all these people. I'm like, well, do you want them? Mm -hmm. It's almost like divorce. I'll speak to that, right? Where it's like, yeah, that's a sad, painful thing. But if you were happy, you'd stay. So you're not. Good job. Right. You're doing a scary thing because it's no longer serving. And eventually you will look back and say, thank God I did that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? Um, I think anyone in any sort of, whether you feel yourself in transition, in pain, in joy, is to be aware that what I found has been the most beneficial is to have an intention of truly connecting with your own spirit, your soul, your consciousness. Again, what is it behind the heart beating, the lungs breathing? What is this energy of life, of life force? What is your spirit? Get to know that energy. Literally have conversations and talk to yourself as your spirit, as your soul. Build a relationship with your soul because sometimes we're just growing up, right? We've never really thought about building a relationship with our own soul. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we build a relationship, you know, with God and universe, which is amazing. But as you're transitioning out, it's like, okay, who am I? Start to ask your soul, your Mm -hmm. spirit, and you'll start to feel who you are on a spiritual level outside of just this lifetime and start to build a relationship with the higher self, the true self, the spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it, because obviously it's here, it's right within you and you just got to open that channel. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. Well, and Holly has written a few books. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to plug that for a minute. You, you've written a few breathwork books, right? Two, yep, two of those. And then you have written, why can I not think of your other book? I know the body of light will talk body of light, Yep, Yep. but the one, your recent one is the body of light. Yes. What's the other one I'm missing? There is another one I'm writing, but it's not out yet. (laughs) But right, actually, I'm just releasing the body of light book. Yeah. So 
that one I'm just releasing and oh, it's incredible. It's amazing. That one, obviously there's so much within it, but it, it really leads to a really powerful meditation. It's called the body of light meditation. Mm -hmm. And what it ends up doing is going through every single system of your physical body and realigning it to what is known as the central sun mm -hmm. that is pure love, pure light, its source, its universe, and then bringing that back embodied. And so you literally shift your DNA. Um, DNA does have light that bends around it. It is from light. There's lots of science in this book too. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll read all light. about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's this meditation is so powerful because again, it really is about connecting to your soul while you are here mm -hmm. embodied in your body because mm -hmm. our bodies are electrical and magnetic and our soul holds electrical magnetic energy like it is literally a sun. So you adjust your physical body to hold your essence, your spirit in body, but it's super powerful and and there's you you'll read about the story of how I even received that, which is pretty unique too. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's I love it. I'm it's just a grateful. And a very powerful book. <laughs> when Holly writes, there's a lot of energy behind it. So every time I open up one of her books, it's like you're reading these words, but there's so much other information and energy that's getting that's being received that's mm -hmm. that's really really powerful. So right? it's the space between the words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> creates the energy <laughs> so people want to find you where do they go uh bodyoflight.com mm -hmm. that's where most of my stuff is and obviously you can go on instagram uh it's just holly underscore seminoff as well <laughs> well and um i know we're we're we need to wrap up but i'm just thinking about because you have done bodybuilding and one yep one <laughs> competitions and and that was your world for a while. And I love the story of you like going into your that other fitness competition and it was like, no, body of light. Yes. Which, yep. And here you are. That was how many years ago? Oh, good. That was in 2017. Yeah. You know, and just a fascinating reminder of we never, we never really, did you think you'd be sitting across from me in <laughs> no. 20, what year is it? 2021 and telling this story oh, and. Right. That's one thing too. I love to talk about with intuition and sometimes we think we'll get the entire picture. Mm -hmm. Nope. You'll get step upon step upon step Yeah, because truly coming from the spirit or the heart, it's not calculated, mm -hmm. but you take the steps. You do take action, but you take it step by step by step. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up just orchestrating an amazing yeah. thing. <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot lately because it's this um, recently in conversations, oftentimes we're healing and we're clearing our past, but we don't talk much about clearing the future mm -hmm. and how oftentimes we're so dead set or holding on to whatever we think that we should, we're, you know, moving towards AKA religion. Let's just use that since mm -hmm. this is the, and, um, or this is the reason why we're holding on to religion is because this is the outcome that we're looking for. But when we hold so tightly onto something, we're not available for actually what the spirit is trying to communicate through. Mm -hmm. So intuition can get bogged down or confused or mutilated. I know that's a weird word, but, yes. um, and how it is, it's that trust and that surrender of this is who I want to show up in the world and what I'd love to bring the world and how, do I get there? Then that's where you get to trust and follow the steps. I love that you shared that. Yes, 100%. And then speaking to that, and I know we spoke about my dreams with Jesus, and yeah. he was in the corner, I was always afraid of him, was, this was probably in, in 2016, um, I had another dream, and then Jesus actually was in the dream, and I looked over at him, but I smiled, mm. and then he came over, and then he sat down at the table across from me and said, welcome, and I said, thank you. <laughs> So I'd finally been able to be like, all right, we can sit together. I'm not afraid of you anymore. Right. And it's all good. So that was super powerful. It was yeah. like the acceptance piece. So rounding, putting a nice little bow on that. That no was kidding. Yeah. Oh, was able to that. embrace it and accept it. So mm, beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for showing up as you do in such a beautiful way. And mm. And this is this is one of the many reasons why I love doing retreats because you're just such a with you because you're a beautiful human being and well, Holly and I, I always plug our retreats when I'm doing our podcast because we have one in a few weeks a heart opening retreat so. we do I'm super excited so yeah, yeah. Me too they're always very very powerful super powerful yeah well thank you and you're thanks, welcome thanks for being you <laughs> ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Thank 
So what did you think? If you haven't heard before, I have a Facebook group that is all for this podcast, for those of us to support each other through our transition and going through and to really have open conversations. And I was really excited to interview Holly today because her story is unique and unique in so many ways. So if you have questions or curiosities, you can reach out to her through her website and I'll put that in the show links below or go find my Facebook group, Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. And I hope that you truly enjoyed this as much as I did. And now that you've listened and heard Holly's amazingness of all that she is, and you've been kind of curious about our heart opening retreat, and now it's a not only a yes, but a hell yes, go over to our, my website, amandajoyloveland.com and get registered today. We have a few spots still left. So is that spot yours? You're going to want to go snag it. And as always, sending you so much love and a reminder that you are not alone.